Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. So we're doing a little switch up today. Um, Normally, we would have Burton Kelso on today and Robert Bowden on tomorrow. But because uh, we have some scheduling um, issues, we are switching it up. So today, we are privileged to have... Thursday in the Garden, Sir Friday in the Garden, with Robert Bowden. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm doing great. What a beautiful day outside. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And um, I know the calendar says, I guess, that next week is supposed to be uh, uh, summer. But um, (laughs) these 90-degree temperatures this week say otherwise. So, But anyway, how have things been going with you? Very well. I'm enjoying retirement, and uh, I'm still uh, giving uh, um, classes at Lou Gardens, and I'm still uh, teaching classes at Valencia, and I also teach online classes at Palm Beach State College, and um, I'm I'm working on a couple different projects in the community, so I'm staying busy. Plus, there's my own yard. I haven't, uh, as you know, I'm was pretty busy for a long time, and I really didn't have a chance to get to my yard. So for the last, uh, can you believe it? It'll be 10 months um, in just a few days that I retired. Uh, time flies really fast. Um, so I've been paying attention to some of the things that needed to be done in my garden that I hadn't I sort of let go over the last 10 years. So I'm staying pretty busy. I can imagine it's easy to kind of get caught up in and let things slide in the yard. Uh, I can attest to that for sure. But um, so what what was the biggest thing that, that you missed, you think, when uh, uh, you were doing all that working and what was what was getting neglected in the yard? Because I think a lot of us have that issue. We, we want a nice yard, but, you know, our schedules keep us so busy. Well, I, I, I really think – that uh, in Florida, whether you're North, Central, or South Florida, water is key. Uh, you know, we live uh, in an area where the soil, we don't really have dirt, do we? It's just sand. I mean, let's face it. Let's let's put the truth out there. The, you know, what we try to grow plants in has no nutrients in it. I mean, it's just awful, awful stuff. But it drains really well which is a really, really good thing. Um, you know, I used to live in areas like in Atlanta where they have that red clay. 
And when it rains, that water just sits around for weeks and weeks. It just doesn't have the ability to drain on through. You know, it can rain on Monday here in Central Florida, and I'm out in the garden on Wednesday watering because the water just goes through. So I really think water is key. I really do. Um, You know, the fact that plants need to grow, and as they grow, the water you give them helps bring those nutrients up to the leaves and helps the plant grow. Um, Water is pretty darn important. And unfortunately, so many of us for such a long time use water that's been treated, um, you know, by a municipality like OUC or someone, and uh, you use that to water plants, and it's very, very expensive. You know, when I turned on my irrigation system for my lawns or my shrubs, all I could see were dollar bills going out, going out that little hole, and that was horrible. Um, I, I find myself watering a little more now that I have the ability to do that, and I'm, I water mostly by hand. That way I can give the plants the water that they need. Some plants need water more than others, so I'm able to customize my hand watering for the plants that need it. So I think water is, is pretty high up there. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about that um, because, uh, you know, we think because we're in Florida and we're surrounded by water and we have all these lakes and stuff, that water is prevalent. Um, and in good supply, but if we look around, especially ones of us that have been here for a while, we can see the water drying up. And then on top of that, we have more and more, uh, I guess, uh, demand on our water because we have more and more people moving into the area. So uh, I guess what I want to talk about first, and then we can, if you have some other things that you think we need to address, that's good. But um conserving water or, um, you know, maybe capturing the water that we do get for for future use. And what I'm talking about right now is maybe the use of rain barrels. Uh, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on rain barrels? Rain barrels are wonderful. If you collect the rain from your roof, your gutters, your downspouts, if you use them, if you use that water to water your um, your pretty flowers, uh, your shrubs, your trees, but do not, do not use rainwater from your roof on food. And there's a reason for that. Now, let me just say uh, parenthetically that there are as many college-level studies that say using rain barrel water for food, whether it be vegetables and herbs, is okay, as there are studies that say it's not okay, all right? So let's just put that right out front. There, there really, there isn't an absolute in this, in this situation. But think about this. I, you know, I have four children and a wife, and I protect them any way I can, and I work really hard when I grow my food to make sure that it's as chemical-free as possible, Okay. Now, that means I buy seeds that are organic when they're available. I buy organic fertilizer. I um, uh, plant the seeds at the right time and all of that stuff. But the bottom line is um, I'm very, very careful about the food that goes into the mouths of my family. 
So think about this. Picture this in your mind. Um, at night, or maybe during the day, you have birds, possums, raccoons, in my case, cats, um, that spend a lot of time on the roof. And there aren't any porta potties up there. So they do their thing on the roof, and then when it rains, the rain literally flushes all of that poop and anything else that's up there down the roof, into the gutter, into the downspout, and into that barrel. Now, Rutgers University up in New Jersey did a study several years ago uh, about the water that was found in rain barrels, and they found extraordinary amounts of E. coli and salmonella and 14 other bacteria and virus. Now, are they at a level that could be harmful? Who's to say? But just the fact that they're there, even in a small quantity, tells me that, you know, I don't really think I'm going to give that to my family. I think uh, I think that, that we'll have to find an alternative. Uh, it's just like a witch's cauldron, and there's all this stuff sort of bubbling up in there. I know it's kind of disgusting and gross, but, you know, the simple fact is there's a lot of junk in there that I don't want to put on the food. Like I said, if you want to, if you want to put it on the roots of your fruit trees and your pretty flowers and your shrubs and your trees, that's fine. Not a problem. But please, please, please do not put it on food, okay? So okay. the second part and you brought up earlier was, uh, you know, how can we save water? And um, there's one big thing that you can do right away, and that is turn off your irrigation system, period. You know, um we we have really? a tendency to be lazy. We have a tendency to be lazy, and that goes also for our irrigation system to water our lawns. And you know, we get sixty five inches of rain in Orlando every year, and we get most of that between May and September. The rest of the year. It's uh, it's pretty dry. But the plants are accustomed to that. They know that there's not going to be a lot of water. But the problem is you set, you set your irrigation for summer watering. And we get that, you know, today at 2 o'clock, we're going to get a pretty good downpour. And um, the, what happens is that um, you you water your plants for... Um, wintertime when you don't get much water and we never change the clocks to the summer mode where we get a lot of water from upstairs. So you know, in, the, in the wintertime, granted, we need a lot of water because we don't get but maybe two, two and a half inches a month. So yeah, set your irrigation system so you plant, it waters your plants and keeps them alive and productive. That's fine. But please, when, when summertime comes and we get those summer rains every day or every other day, then you need to either turn it off 
or adjust it so it doesn't come on as often. And this is an incredible, incredible waste of money. And in my case, um, you know, I did I didn't have a well and I didn't have a lake to draw the water from. So I was using water that um was at one time uh sewer water and it runs through the system and they chlorinate it and everything and then they put it in the in the pipes for us to drink that's safe. Um, but that's very expensive to use on your landscape. Fifty yeah. percent of all of the water that is utilized in the state of Florida is for landscaping. Not for humans, not for pets, not for animals. Fifty percent is used to water our landscape. And that's because we simply don't change those irrigation clocks back uh, when you have more rain or you have less rain. And uh, it's it's a very, very expensive proposition. And, uh, you know, I see people, I had a next-door neighbor, wonderful example, would water his St. Augustine grass every day. And in the summertime, he would water it twice, once in the morning and mm. once in the afternoon. And uh, I remember this um, many, many years ago. He went on vacation. Didn't ask me to look at the house or make sure everything was all right. Just left. Came back three weeks later. Well, in that time, his irrigation irrigation clock failed. And he Ooh. went probably two weeks on St. Augustine grass without any water. And when you water every day like that, where are the roots going to be? The roots are going to be up near the surface because that's where the water is. Uh-huh. And so when the, when the water stopped, those roots burned up. And they burned up in two or three days. And, you know, once St. Augustine gets brown like that, it doesn't come back. No. So he came back from his vacation, and two days later there's a for sale sign on his house. And I said, Rick, Rick, what's going on? I, I, I didn't know you were thinking about moving. Well, we weren't. But, you know, I just can't stand the pressure. So what pressure? <laughs> I, I, I want a green lawn. And if I can't go anywhere and it's going to turn brown, um, I'm just going to I'm just going to leave. So he ended up buying a townhouse and selling his house because he because he just could not stand the pressure of being on vacation, wondering whether or not his lawn was getting watered or not. Oh my goodness gracious! Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So That's amazing, um, insane. Use rain barrels, but not for food, and uh, water. Water your plants, but if you have an irrigation system, change it when summer comes and change it back when winter comes, and do not water between the hours of 10 and 4. You know, right. those impulse, we have those sprinklers. They're called impulse sprinklers, and they you can hear them. They have that sound, you know, when the water comes out. That is the most inefficient water sprinkler that is that we know of. Uh, if you water your lawn or your plants by a system using impulse sprinklers, for instance, 30% of the water that comes out of that expensive water, remember, 
It's chlorinated. It's nice and clean. 50, 30% of that water evaporates before it even hits the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 95 degrees. Water comes out. Ooh, 30%. So you might as well, if, I mean, it, let's say it's $100. You might as well take $30 and take it in the backyard and burn it. That's how much we're, that's how we're wasting, wasting water. So set your clocks, use rain barrels, but not for food, and uh, water at the right time with a good uh, watering system. I prefer by hand, if you can. Okay. Well, I've got more to ask you about that. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. No, you're not mistaken. It is Thursday, but we're doing uh, gardening with Robert Bowden today. Uh, so if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. Jeez, Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And yes, it's not Friday, but anytime's a good day to spend with Robert Bowden um, talking about gardening. And Stephanie, if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. So yeah, I, I appreciate totally the appeal of a nice, well-kept St. Augustine lawn. Uh, it, it always makes me want to do cartwheels. Uh, it's just so pretty. But it is kind of a high-maintenance lawn, isn't it? It sure is. I mean, uh, thank goodness, even the homeowners associations now who were very, very strict about their lawn and how everything looks are beginning to understand the importance of using water in Florida wisely. And um, many of the HOAs are moving towards uh, St. Augustine lawns in the front of your property and Bahia or an alternative grass in the back of your property. And that usually goes 40, 60%. So uh, that speaks really well of HOAs and their understanding. But if I had my druthers, uh, I would, I, I really don't have a lawn. You want the truth. Most of my, my green is mostly weeds. Uh, if I put a weed killer on my lawn, I wouldn't have any lawn left. But if I if, if I had enough money to put um, a grass down, I would spray it with uh, Roundup several times to make sure everything was dead, and then I would prepare the soil for uh, for um, for Bahia. Because Bahia, even in the worst of times, 
At the very worst, it goes dormant. It turns brown. And everybody's all upset. Oh, my goodness, my lawn is dead and it's brown. And uh, Get one good rain, it's back overnight. So uh, hay is really the way to go. Um, there are, you know, say different types of St. Augustine. There's a new grass, August St. Augustine, that I, I really would recommend <clears throat> to your listeners if they have to have St. Augustine grass. It's a it's a new type of uh, St. Augustine called Pro Vista, Pro Vista, and it has some really remarkable characteristics that I want to tell your listeners about. Number one, um, it's ge- they have created this grass to be genetically greener than any other St. Augustine grass. So to make St. Augustine grass, usually you have to put iron on it or give it a lot of fertilizer. And when you fertilize it a lot, then you have to mow it a lot. And it's just a, it's just a roundabout circle. But uh, this new grass, Pro Vista, um, is genetically greener. Now that doesn't mean it's a GMO or anything like that. It's just been hybridized in the lab and then transferred outdoors, and it's really, really dark green. It's very, very pretty. Number two, it's dwarf. That that should be really exciting for, for everyone who mows their lawn or pays a company to mow your lawn because now instead of having to cut St. Augustine grass once a week, May through October, you can you can cut it every three to four weeks because it doesn't get tall like Greater St. Augustine does. So Pro Vista is genetically dwarf, so you don't have to water it as much. This is the other great thing. And I know some people, I'm, I'm a big fan of Roundup or glyphosate uh, for killing weeds and maintaining uh, your home free of noxious weeds. Um, the one wonderful thing about Pro Vista, let's say you you know uh, you have an influx of uh, dandelions or something in your turf, and you would then get a special uh, broadleaf weed killer that can be used on St. Augustine to kill those weeds. Well, the great thing about ProVista is that it's immune to Roundup. So if you've got weeds in your lawn, broadleaf weeds or grasses in your lawn, you can spray ProVista with Roundup. You can put Roundup in a little one-gallon pump sprayer, and you can go out in your yard and spray your grass for uh, broadleaf weeds. The turf will remain healthy and happy, but the weeds will die. Uh, And it's a little drought resistant as well. So um, Pro Vista is the way to go. If you have to have St. Augustine, you want to go with Pro Vista. If you you have the ability to go with uh, Bahia, I would go with Bahia because it's just, uh, you don't have to water it. Uh, I've been living in my house for uh, nearly 30 years, and I've never fertilized my bahia grass. 
So it's a time saver. It's great for the environment and doesn't require any water. Okay. Wow. So questions are from me. Um, one, uh, ProVista, do you use seeds, plugs, or sod pallets? Sod. Okay. Um, only sod. Only sod. Okay. Yep. Number two, and what about the hay? Is that uh, is that the same? You can Sod. you can actually uh, you can actually seed the hair. You can seed so, the hair. Yeah, yeah, but there's a caveat to that. So in my backyard, which is about an acre and a half, uh, I had a mixed array of Saint Augustine and a bunch of other garbage, and I went in the backyard and I sprayed it dead, sprayed it twice. Then I went in and roughed up the soil a little bit, tiny rototiller or a rake, and then I bought Bahia seed. You can buy seed. And you sow it out, and you take a rake back over it so it's partially covered, and then you water it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this, is, this is the caveat. And I sold my wife on buying um, bahia grass because it's going to save a lot of money in water. You don't have to water it. But initially, you have to really pour the water to it to get it to germinate. And, you know, unlike radishes or carrots that come up in a week or so, Bahia takes upwards of six to eight weeks to oh, wow. germinate. Mm -hmm. So what that means is, let's say uh, you have an area of your lawn that is 50 by 50, and you have killed all the other grass and you put Bahia down. When you, when you water the soil, it turns dark, right? Right. When you water it, yep. Once, once you water the Bahia grass for the first time and it turns that soil dark, you cannot let it go back to the dry color. It must remain dark. That soil has to be moist 24-7. And what that means is that you may have to water two or three times a day for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. My wife had, had a heart attack when she saw the water bill on that first month when I was trying to establish the seed, mm -hmm. uh, it was hot. And it, uh, I, I was, I was, she was not a happy camper. So you can get sod of Bahia, but you can also get seed of Bahia, mm -hmm. uh, depending on uh, how much money you want to spend. It's still cheaper to sow Bahia by seed than it is from sod. Make no mistake about that. But it's going to really increase your water bill initially. And then once it's established, your water bill will plummet to zero for watering your uh, grass. Okay, so <laughs> I have an area. Okay, I have a couple of issues. I have an area of my grass that looks like for example, like you have hair, but you're starting to bald or go thin on the top. So yep. in, my, in my front yard, I have an area where it's, you know, has grass 
the grass is kind of thinning, so I've got to work on that. But I have one area that is just bald. What What, what hmm. is that? What's going on with that? Well, it could be a number of things. Um, it could be um, that underneath the soil, not far from the top of the soil, there could be a lot of uh, rocks that uh, heat up mm-hmm. and um, uh, use more water than normal. Uh, it could be that it has a, an infestation of uh, chinch bugs or sod webworms. Um, it could okay. also be could also be uh, nematode damage. Nematodes are small microscopic worms that have a mm-hmm. uh, sharp stylus, and they live in the they live in the ground, and uh, they're in a square in a cubic foot. There could be uh, 2,000 uh, or more of these nematodes, and they, they pierce the roots of your plants, including grass, and um, suck all the juice and nutrients out before the plant has the ability to use it. And, um, you know, if the plant can't get that water and those nutrients, it's going to thin out. It's not going to be very happy. So they make beneficial nematodes that will parasitize the bad um, nematodes. My, I would, and it could also be a simple matter of uh, poor nutrition. So just like uh, humans, when we go to the doctor, we don't just walk in there and he gives us medication. He checks us out first. You know, he takes our blood pressure, checks the heart, the breathing, looks down your throat, looks in your ears, and, you know, what's the problem? Oh, well, if that's the then you go ahead and use this, and that'll take care of it. Um, plants are the same way. Um, you know, I, gave, I just gave you three or four possibilities. Um, mm-hmm. you, can't treat for all, you can't treat for all of them. Right. Um, so what you need to do, the first step I would do is to take a soil sample and um, – see if you need some nutrients. Now, you can okay. you can buy an inexpensive – we've talked about this. You can buy a very inexpensive soil test kit for about 15 bucks at a garden center or a, a good home improvement store, or you can take a sample and take it down to uh, Conroy Road where Cooperative Extension is, and they'll send it to the university, and they will uh, return – with the results of that uh, examination and tell you what nutrients you need. And that may solve it. That may be the only problem you have. So I would, okay. the very first thing I would do uh, is go ahead and get a soil sample, whether you do okay. it yourself or whether you send it to the university. I would start with that. All right. So uh, get your soil tested, y'all, uh, if you're having issues. Um, or, or doing some transitioning in your yard. Uh, so because you may not only just try be trying to grow grass, you may be trying to uh, transition and do a more ed- more edible gardening now. So um, in either case, it's best to go ahead and get your soil checked. So we're going to take a quick break. We're here with Robert Bowden. It's Thursday in the garden today. And the number, if you have any questions or comments, is 516-387-1944. These power hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. 
This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Love your hair but hate the damage? I love my waves, but it gets rough. It's like a tug of war. It's big and curly, but frizzy. This color is so me, but... So dry. Whatever the damage, dove your hair. Dove Intense Repair deeply nourishes hair for our ultimate damage protection. Green and beautiful. So smooth. Yes, the curl. No, the frizz. For our ultimate damage protection, Dove Intense Repair. Dove it, love it. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We're here with Robert Bowden, um, and we're talking gardening today. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. Okay. Should you even try to grow grass under an oak tree? Yes and no. It depends okay. on... How dense how dense is the shade? If it's a dappled overstory shade and you get a little bit of sunlight from time to time, you can use a uh, a grass called Seville. S E V I L L E. It's a Saint Augustine grass and uh it was bred specifically to be grown in the shade. You really don't want to try it growing in the full sun. Uh, so it'll work. Now, with proper care, it may last you 10 years. I can't say it's going to last you forever because grass is the type of plant that needs sun. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have dappled overstory shade, the answer is yes. You can grow Seville, and it grows quite well, and I think you'd be really happy with it. If it's a deep shade, like under a table shade, the answer is no, absolutely not. So what you do need to do then is to look for plants that grow well in the shade but have um, shallow root systems. And the first plant that comes to mind is Asiatic jasmine. You can buy jasmine in little four-inch pots, um, and there's many, many different varieties depending on um, what you're looking for. Most people simply plant green Asiatic jasmine, and uh, you don't grow, you'll even grow um, you know, oak trees that have these big roots, and you'll find it's mostly roots, but every once in a while you'll find a little pocket of dirt. Well, you can plant that jasmine in there, and it'll do really well. So, uh, if it's deep shade, I would go with a, a ground cover of some sort. Um, and the one, the first one that comes to my mind is Asiatic jasmine. So, yeah, um, you can grow ground covers, but no, you can't grow grass. And locally, there are probably six or seven different types, different styles, different colors of Asiatic jasmine for you to choose. 
That okay. Helps. All right. So I, I guess my, you know, because, yeah, I would love to do the graph. I'll look into the Asiatic jasmine. I guess what my concern is, uh, so you, so then you may end up with two different looks in terms of the type of, of grass that you have. If You know, if you're planting Seville under the shade and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got to plant uh, Bahia um, or the other one that you mentioned um, out, outside of the, you know, the shade and stuff like that. So uh, uh, is there a, a way to transition? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And I, I, I don't get that question very often, but you're, you're very astute because there are uh, slight differences in the grasses. Um, if you're going to grow Seville, in the shade, you could transition into uh, an, an ordinary variety called Floritam. And that's what just about mm-hmm. everybody grows. So yeah. Seville, it grows at the same height, same color, uh, virtually the same uh, grass blade width. So you could transition from Seville into Floritam very easily and no one would know the difference. Okay. All right. So you something like okay, Seville under the tree, then transition a little bit into Floridam, and then Bahia, or just leave it leave it as Floridam the rest of the way. Um, yes, you aren't going to transition uh, Saint Augustine into Bahia. It's it's either or, but not both. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Okay, that sounds like so, a little project well, for me. Many many people are planting, like I said, many people are planting St. Augustine in the front because that's pretty much the um, the standard in Central Florida. But in the backyard, mm-hmm. you can go ahead and use Bahia because it's so drought resistant, and you don't have to fertilize it or water it. Mm-hmm. So, Tam or the the um, Provista out front for the show. And out back for um, for family activities. Okay. All right. So, and you mentioned about how long it, it takes uh, Bahia to grow from a seed. What about uh, the Seville? Does is that from a seed or is that from sod or how does that work? Yeah, all all uh, all Saint Augustine are from sod. sod. Four plugs. Okay. You can you can plug. Okay. I don't I don't know. I don't know if Pro Vista is available in plugs right now. Um, okay. But you can get it. You can get it in sod, and it is beautiful, and it is dwarf. Um, I've seen it where we we did we haven't actually mowed it for six weeks, and it didn't get very tall. You couldn't tell that it hadn't been mowed. So that's a real time saver. Not only time saver, but think of the gas that you're saving. Think of the emissions that you're removing from the uh, atmosphere, from the environment. You know, it's mm-hmm. again, um, it's a really an environmentally appropriate uh, grass for Central Florida. Okay. So that another thing I considered because of the difficulty with growing grass under the oak tree and also the large roots and stuff. 
maybe doing like creating a, a I guess a a garden type space maybe where I would put uh, a tree bench ar- around the base of of the tree and then uh, maybe some other things like pavers and and other stuff like that. It, what do you, what do you think? Oh. Uh. It's a tough question without seeing the property. Right. Um, right. Um, keep in mind that most of the roots for the um, oak trees are going to be at the top 18 inches of the ground. Okay? They're not going to go okay. any deeper than that. So when you plant things uh, underneath that tree, you're fighting those roots all of the time, 24-7. So you're going to need <laughs> – you're going to need to – to plant plants that have a very fibrous root system that can compete with the roots of the oak tree. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to be able to plant shrubs in there that have big roots on them, uh, and expect, like azaleas, for instance. Um, there's, there's really nothing for those azaleas to grow in. Now, I'll, I'll tell you a little secret. We used to do this in Atlanta. And uh, I was surprised how well it worked because I, I, was, I was not a fan. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh-huh. As I said, so, in Atlanta, uh-huh. in Atlanta we have red clay. Right. And you can't you can't dig a hole. It takes a pickaxe and a shovel, <laughs> and yeah. it just isn't worth it. So what we did instead was to simply take, we we select the plants that we want, whether it be azaleas or whatever, and we we put them out underneath the tree where we wanted them, and we took them out of the pot and put them on top of the ground. And what we did then was to bring in some some good compost. So we bought, you know, a truckload of compost, and we simply – um, made compost islands around the azalea plants. So hmm. we, we brought compost in and we put the compost about 12 inches deep underneath the tree up to the, up, basically up to the top of the root ball of the azaleas. So we created these elevated islands and uh, the tree was fine with that. And the azaleas, of course, you know, they loved growing into that really rich composted soil. And um, that's a, that is a, a wonderful way to, um, to create a garden underneath an oak tree. And it doesn't bother the oaks at all. Uh, you can go ahead and uh, we did it in Atlanta, and I know people have done it elsewhere. So you just pull the plants out, you put them on top of the ground, you don't dig a hole. And then you fill the space around that uh, with uh, compost. And uh, the tree loves the compost and the nutrients. And um, the azaleas like growing in that rich soil. So what you need to do is find uh, truckloads of dirt, uh, soil, not garden dirt. It can't be, can't be trash. It has to be, you know, like composted bark or something like that 
and uh, build build up around those plants, and uh, that'll work very very well. I've seen it happen. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. That's We're gonna take in it. Yes, definitely. Uh, give me, I, I got projects I'm, I'm making my list So we're going to take our final break When we come back We're going to talk about what we should or should not be planting For uh, getting into uh, the summer months And uh, things that you should be doing To uh, just keep up and maintain what you got So, And um, by the way uh, We've done the Father's Day show before. I think we talked a little bit about it last month and stuff like that. So listen to if you listen to last month's show or some of the previous shows that we've done around Father's Day, uh, Robert has had tips. He actually gives tips all the time in terms of uh, good things that you could get for uh, Father's Day for gifts. So, you know, we we don't need to kind of reinvent the wheel, but, you know, he's got some great tips. So if you you have some time this weekend, listen to some of the shows and, you know, select uh, a good starter kit or, you know, go through the garage and look and see or, or wherever you're keeping your tools and look and see what needs to be replaced. And, um, you know, that's a good way to uh, – endear yourself to dear old dad, you know, who's trying to get out there and and make the lawn beautiful for uh, Father's Day. So this is G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you. With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Happy Friday Eve. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And join us tomorrow for the tech uh, uh, talk with uh, Burton Kelso of Integral. But today we are talking with Robert Bowden. Uh, who is the retired executive director of Harry P. Lou Gardens here in Central Florida and still teaches classes out there and at Valencia. And um, if you have questions or comments in the next few minutes, the number is 516-387-1944. By the way, one of the things that you could do something nice for Dad is to clean his tools, set him up with a tool cleaning kit for his garden tools, just saying. But anyway, Robert, what – is it now? What are you planting now, or what are you uh, taking in now with this crazy heat we got? Yeah, we we should have had a lot of rain by now. We haven't gotten any, but uh, right. I think most most people are interested in making their garden nice and bright and cheerful, and so we're going to be using uh, annuals um, in little four inch pots or even smaller uh, to put into the garden. So um, we want to be planting things that are colorful, that can take the shade and the heat and the sun. So um, I have a list 
people could be planting begonias now. Uh, coleus is a superb plant for some time. It used to be that coleus was only suitable for planting in the shade, but the, the uh, growers, hybridizers, have done a lot of work. So there are a lot of different varieties of coleus uh, that will grow in full sun or shade. Then there's the native gallardia. Gallardia is also called blanket flower. And um, it's mostly gold color with some, some rust in there. And uh, it gets about 12 inches tall. And it's really quite nice. There's the, um, the African daisy, bright yellow. Um, doesn't have to be deadheaded. Gets about 24 inches tall, maybe a little higher. Doesn't need a lot of water. Um, in fact, in my garden, my melopodium or my African um, daisy is my indicator plant. Um, I don't water every day because the plants don't need it. But when I see my African um, my my African daisy start to wilt just a little bit, I know it's time to water the rest of the garden too. So African daisy uh, is a great plant, very cheerful and very, very easy to grow. Of course, you know, everyone knows periwinkle, and there's some really incredible varieties of periwinkle out now. The breeders have been working with smaller flowers uh, and uh, for smaller spaces. And there's even, I saw some in the store the other day, they're, they have bred uh, periwinkle um, that has the same color and the same uh, style of growth, except that it grows in hanging baskets. So you can plant the beautiful periwinkle, which is probably the toughest bedding plant or annual that you can plant in the garden in Central Florida. There are varieties now that you can grow uh, for hanging baskets. So what a what a great plant that is. And let's not forget um, the the last two that are the best uh, sunflowers. Sunflowers will grow in just about any soil you give them. They love that full sun, and uh, the more sun, the better. They, they like a little bit of water when you can give it to them, but super easy. You can just um, punch a little hole with your finger uh, an inch deep, put a seed in there, and within a week you'll have a little plant coming up out of the ground. They love this summer heat. And last but not least, and one of my personal favorites, is zinnias. Zinnia. Um, they have a variety of shapes and sizes. There's some that only get 12 inches tall. There are some that have magnificent flowers that are four inches in diameter and can get 40 inches tall in every, every color under the rainbow. And now that we're past cool evenings, they won't get any diseases um, like they do in the springtime. So uh, go to the store. Uh, they have zinnia seed packages and you can direct sow them in the garden or you can sow them in little pots and then plant them out into the garden later. Uh, but zinnias, um, they have a lot of different varieties for you at the store, and they will grow all summer long without, without a lot of help. You just water them when they need it and uh, deadhead, 
which means you remove the flowers after they bloom. You have to take those off so the plant is fooled into thinking that it has to make more flowers to produce seed. So once the flower is passed, be sure to cut it off uh, and make that plant produce more new flowers. And you can do that all summer long. So that's it for bedding plants, I think, for the summertime. Okay. All right. Yeah, I remember my mom used to grow zinnias when I was growing up. So yep. always very pretty. Yeah. So um, in terms of uh, edibles, anything, any tips? Oh, my goodness, yeah. There's a lot of herbs we can grow this time of year. We have basil and chives. Uh, I know many people try to grow cilantro because, you know, we like to eat those, uh, eat that salsa in the summertime. But mm-hmm. uh, cilantro doesn't grow here in the summertime. It's just too gosh darn hot. But there right. is an alternative. It's a plant called culantro. And right. you can go to a garden center or or a feed store and find culantro. You can also grow dill. And you can grow fresh ginger. We recommend that you grow the ginger in a pot, though, because of the nematode problem. But if you've never had fresh ginger from the garden, you're in for a real treat. And, of course, there's all the different kinds of mint. And, again, you want to plant mint in a pot. You never, ever, ever want to plant mint in the ground because you'll never, ever get rid of it. And it'll choke other plants out. So keep mint in a pot. Then there's oregano, and last but not least, uh, there is um, sage. You can grow sage this time of year. So um, as far as vegetables go, you're looking at okra and uh, um, black-eyed peas and uh, peppers and uh, what else? Not many other things, but that mm-hmm. should keep everybody busy. That should keep everybody busy. It sounds busy. like it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it. Oh, don't, but, don't forget uh, the okra, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I do love me some okra, so, yeah, that's good to know. Um, I, I, I'm assuming it's probably too late to actually plant something for shade. Um, but it, let's say if you want to get started or whatever for next summer or whatever, or if it's not too late, what types of things can you plant or can, or are there nice uh, potted plants that you can get that you can use for shade for your patio, for your outdoor areas? Yeah. I will go back to that list of summer plants. Begonias mm-hmm. do exceptionally well in the shade. Begonias okay. do real well. Coleus does real well. Um, and there's a wishbone flower. The technical name would be Torinia, but wishbone flower. And it comes in pinks and whites and blues, and it's very nice. But begonia, which has a lot of different colors and different sizes and different shapes, there are perennial forms, those that come mm-hmm. back year after year. And then there are those that you just plant for the summer and pull them out in the fall. And coleus does really well uh, in the shade. And uh, the wishbone flower would be a great plant. Uh, it used to be that uh, wishbone flowers 
were only planted in the deep shade. Um, I noticed that a lot of the theme parks, you know, they have a bench and, and they want some color around it. Well, it's usually in the shade and uh, nothing would grow. So they planted the wishbone flower and it did really well. And now the breeders have made it so it grows in sun or shade. So you can't you can't really beat uh, wishbone flower for summer heat in the shade. Okay. All right. Robert, how do we find you these days? And what are you teaching? What are you, what classes are you do you have coming up? I have a whole slew of classes coming up uh, that people can still sign up for at Lou Gardens. I teach about six to eight classes at Lou Gardens. So um, today, actually, I'm teaching a class on uh, growing roses in Central Florida, and that's that's very very busy. They can actually call the gardens. Uh, and uh, get more information on that. Uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. Friday, I'm teaching a class on plant propagation. So if you have a plant that you really like and you'd like to grow more of them, uh, I can show you how to do that. So that's a hands-on. We're, gonna, we're actually going to propagate plants right there in the classroom. So they can call the gardens uh, to learn more about that. And then on Saturday, I'm teaching two classes. One uh, is for those people who are new to Florida and don't have a clue what they're in for when it comes to gardening. So we're going to go down step by step. We're going to talk about the rain. We're going to talk about the heat. We're going to talk about bugs and everything else. And then uh, in the morning on Saturday, we're going to talk about worry-free plants for busy people. So if you're I real that busy, one. but you want it, if you're real busy and you want a pretty yard, you need to come to that class. We have handouts, and uh, you can take those lists homes and take it to a garden center and plant those plants and not have to worry about them. Definitely the class for me. Robert, thank you so much. Appreciate you uh, switching up today and uh, being with us. And you have a good rest of uh, June and, and uh, <laughs> stay in the shade if, when you can. Get, drink that water. <laughs> thank you. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Bye-bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you all for being with us. Talk tomorrow. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, All real power comes from God. Take care. Make it all right.